Hey everybody, welcome uh, to this uh, version in English. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to do a few different parts. We're talking. We're starting off with uh, the Holy Spirit, the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So four things that happen when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I know this is a something of controversy. I, I don't know why. For so many people, um, they view the Holy Spirit as some sort of energy, as some sort of like force field. I, I don't know. Something off of like a Marvel movie. But the Holy Spirit is uh, a person. But today we're going to be talking about um, four things that happen when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But before that, I want to let you guys know that in November, we're going to be preaching um, in, in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro. We're going to be preaching there for a whole month. Um, every weekend, we're going to have crusades um, outside. They're going to be outdoor. So we're going to be preaching the gospel, the power of God. We're going to be preaching uh, to the lost. So we will be out there if you would like to donate, if you would like to be a part of this, if you would like to pray. Uh, please keep us in your prayer because we're going to be going to the darkest parts of Rio where there's a lot of witchcraft, um, where there's a lot of voodoo, santeria, all kinds of crazy stuff. But we're literally going to be taking the souls from the devil's hands um, into uh, we're going to be taking them from uh, the devil's hands to heaven. So we're going to be taking them into um, uh, salvation for the glory of God. So We're believing for many souls. We're believing for many miracles. It's, it's called Crusades of Healings and Miracles. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do, to preach the gospel. When you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to see a lot of miracles happen. You're going to see uh, uh, healings happen. So uh, despite whatever other people may want you to believe that God doesn't heal, that God doesn't do miracles these days, he does. And if you want to see them, come to Iglesia Philadelphia uh, Sunday at 11 a.m., And we're going to get a worship service on. We're going to praise God. And there is miracles that happen. There's healing that happens. There's deliverance that happens here. Why? Because we believe what the Bible says. So also in September, September 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th, we're having what's called Noches de Sanidades y Milagros. This means nights of healings and miracles. And so what's going to be happening is that we're going to be um, uh, believing God for, um, for salvation. We're going to be... Um, preaching the word out in the church parking lot. So, um, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be awesome. Hey, Annette, I'm, I'm glad you're on. Uh, I decided to do one in English. So, uh, thanks for uh, jumping on. So, um, yes, um, this is what's gonna happen. Um, so very quickly, let's get into this. I'm trying to get my computer set up that way. Um, I can see your comments and and all that good stuff. So, um, let me know where you're watching from. That's always very, uh, very exciting. But today we're talking about Holy Spirit Part One, the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. San Francisco, yes, San Francisco. We pray for San Francisco. So the importance of uh, of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is something that so many people fight over. There's denominations that are divided over because, oh, well, the Bible doesn't say that. And, and let's be honest, anything that we don't understand, anything that humans don't understand, uh, they'll criticize. And then secondly, they're afraid of because they don't understand it because our humanity wants to be in control. Our humanity wants to understand everything. And so what happens is we will make excuses that sound very biblical and that sound very godly for something that we uh, are afraid to let go of. This is why you have so many people that it is so hard for them 
to fall into the move of the Spirit and to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's something that is scary. And I understand it because we're human and we want to be in control. From the beginning, human, humanity has want has wanted to be in control. Humanity, humans want to be God so bad. And it's so hard to submit to that. So, yes, Annette, we're praying for the fire of the Holy Spirit there in, in San Francisco. So um, why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because this is something that the church desperately needs. Yes, we have a lot of people that are very knowledgeable. We have theologians that are very knowledgeable. We have people that can preach messages. We have people that can draw in crowds. But we have very few people that when they preach that there is miracles that happen, signs and wonders happen, that there is deliverance that happens. Just this weekend, we had our youth camp. And in this youth camp, we saw lives that were restored. They had strayed away from God. Uh, we saw uh, uh, deliverance. Um, we saw forgiveness happen. But literally, people were healed people were saved at this youth camp why because we didn't have a youth camp just to get together we had a youth camp with the purpose of seeking the presence of god with the purpose of seeking and being filled with the holy spirit it's something that we have to seek every day now um now why are we talking about this because the holy spirit is someone that we need so bad and so desperately in our churches so we have to understand that it is every believer's right to ask and to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the promise for us. And now it is the promise and it is the right for the children of God. The children of God have access to the Holy Spirit. The children of God have the right to ask, to pursue, to, to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, this baptism in the Holy Spirit is something that ha should happen, that we should ask for. Now, I know so many people, uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, questions that will come up, but that's okay. Now, we have to first, uh, we have to set a, 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 there's a difference between the creation of God and the children of God. So many uh, times we've heard that, oh, we're all children of God. We hear it in songs. We hear it in school. We hear it uh, on TV. Oh, we're all the children of God. But if you read scripture, if you read the Bible, that's not so. Not everybody is a, is a child of God. We're all the creation of God. But not everybody is a child of God. Now, why? Because John chapter 1, verse 11 through 12, it says he came to his own. Now, who is he? This is Jesus. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, not only just received him, but believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. In Spanish, it says he gave the authority. He gave the right to become children of God. Why? Because it's not only just believing in God, but receiving him as well. You have to receive, if you want to become a child of God, you have to receive Jesus as well. It's not just believing. There's so many people that say, yeah, I believe in God. I believe in God. That's not enough. The Bible says that the devils uh, also believe in God and tremble. 
But in these day, in this day and age, we have so many people that only believe in God, but you need to also receive him. This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. Pastor Derek, I know uh, you're watching from New York, man. I am so glad you're watching. I love this guy, man. If you guys can follow his ministry, Pastor Derek Garcia, it, it is worth it. This man has poured into my life and has prophesied uh, what we are living now. This man prophesied this like five years ago. So uh, follow this man, great man of God. But this is what scripture says. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, this is how then you become a child of God. Because the question is, if I'm not a child of God, then how do I become a child of God? You don't become a child of God just by believing. You become a, you become a child of God by receiving Jesus. Now, how do you do that? Romans 10, 10, it says the following. It says, for with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. I have seen so many videos. I have seen so many posts that talk down on what is called the the uh, what do you call this the uh, the the prayer uh, the sinner's prayer. Uh, I was thinking in Spanish, uh, la oración de fe, which would translate into the prayer of faith. But I know that's not what it's called in English. In English, it's the sinner's prayer, which I understand where you're coming from. That it's not just about saying a prayer and you're automatically saved. You have to show fruit, the fruit of the spirit which Galatians talks about. But you have to, if you want to become a child of God, you have to receive him and confess. And this is the reason why preachers will say, hey, repeat this prayer after me, because people do not know how to become children of God. People do not know how to receive God. But they asked they ask Peter in Acts, they said, what must we do to be saved? Why? Because a person who does not know God doesn't know what they have to do to be saved. And this is why the Bible says, for the heart, for with the heart, one believes and is justified. You believe on Christ. And then with the mouth, you confess, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. And so there has to be that confession. But repentance, true repentance, it starts from the heart. This is why you're justified with the heart, not by what you say, but with what, what is it truly in your heart. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, it says the following. It says, and while staying with them, um, uh, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me. Now, what is he saying? What is Jesus saying here? He's referring to the Holy Spirit, which he refers to as the promise of the father. In other words, this is a promise. This is the right of the children of God. The children of God have the right to receive the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says in Acts chapter one and verse eight, again, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of, uh, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What happens? You don't receive power until you've received the Holy Spirit. You can only receive the Holy Spirit when you are a child of God. You can talk about God all day long. You can talk about the Bible all day long. You can talk about the Holy Spirit all day long. But unless you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, unless you are showing fruit, it's not going to church. Now, keep that in mind. I haven't said anything about church. I've said that you have received Jesus, that you've confessed with your mouth, you've believed in your heart, you've repented of your sins. Then you have access to the promise of the Holy Spirit. So you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, you have to understand that the experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit 
is different than the experience of the new birth. Now, what is this? The new birth is when you receive Christ. The Bible says that you become a new creation. You become a new creation, and then comes the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So let me explain this a little bit, because this is where a lot of controversy comes. This is where a lot of people have problems and issues with this. Now, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, they ask uh, Peter, what must we do to be saved. So they ask him, what must, I can't even speak English. See, I couldn't even speak uh, Spanish earlier. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be speaking now. Um, if you notice, it's not Starbucks. Uh, this is, Starbucks is the devil's coffee. We have Dutch bros. They're Jewish from what I hear. So the people of God, come on, somebody. Acts chapter two and verse 38. It says, and Peter said to them, after they asked, what must we do to be saved? Grace. <laughs> eu não posso falar português. Agora estou falando inglês. Depois eu vou uh, fazer uma pre, uh, pregar em, em, em português. So, what must we do to be saved? The answer to this is repent and be baptized. Now, notice it doesn't say say a prayer. So, I understand. It doesn't say say a prayer. It says repent. You confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you repent. And then it says, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift to the sons and daughters of Christ, of God. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Now, why do we receive gifts? We receive gifts. And what is the purpose of a gift? It is to be enjoyed. The Holy Spirit, we don't receive the Holy Spirit so that we can li live a bored life. No, it is actually the Holy Spirit who makes a difference in the life of a Christian. It is the Holy Spirit that makes a difference in the life of a church. It is the Holy Spirit that gives you power. This is why you can go to some churches like, man, it's boring here. Like this, this is terrible. I've gone to some churches where I'm like, man. I see a lot of white-haired people and a lot of children, and I bet you the children are the grandchildren of those white-haired people, and there is nobody my age. Why? Because it's boring. Why? Because there is no presence of the Holy Spirit. There is no power. There is no move of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that makes the difference in a church. It's the Holy Spirit that makes a difference in, 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 in whether people will come to your services or not. Now, this is what, 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 what begins to happen is in the Western church, in the United States. You have so many churches and ministries that depend on the entertainment side of this. And I say the entertainment side because I am, I'm referring to the lights, whether we have cool lights or don't have cool lights, whether we have a great worship team or don't have a great worship team. You know, it's like, oh, man, that's why we have to pay our musicians. We have to have the best. And they will use excuses like God deserves excellence, which I believe they will use excuses like, well, we need to give God the best. And if the best is that musician and we have to pay him, we're going to pay him and it becomes a business. I'm a musician myself. I've been in that world where people say. I'll go play at your church. Hey, this uh, title says Holy Spirit Part One. It doesn't say Holy Spirit. Let's change that. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is. You know, nowadays you got people identifying as all kinds of stuff. Our uh, it was just a a mistake on our producer's part. He was uh, maybe typing too fast. Maybe it's our keyboard. 
identifying as the Holy Spirit. So it'll change here in a second. If not, we'll change it. He'll change it in post. What was I saying? Oh, that's right. So we have a lot of ministries here in the United States that will use great excuses to pay musicians and it becomes a business. Do I pay my producer? No. Um, I, 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 or only your musicians. <laughs> I don't even pay the musicians. Um, we, uh, we try to uh, other ways to reward them. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole discussion of do musicians deserve to be paid or not. If you have the capability to do so, then do it. Our musicians, I'll tell you this, I'll put up our musicians, which are 15, they're teenagers. I'll put them up against anybody. These guys will wake up. These guys will go on two hours of sleep. These guys will be there, pray, fast, work, go to school, and be there and never once complain. So at the end of the year, what we do is we try to give them an offering or we try to take them out to eat or something or throughout the year. If they need new symbols, what symbols do you want? And we don't say, well, that's too much. No, you're take care of these and and you've been doing this from your heart here. We'll get you this. We'll get you that. We'll get you whatever it is. But back to what I was saying, so many people find excuses and they sound great because they don't rely on the Holy Spirit. For example, well, we got to have all these things because you need entertainment to draw a crowd in because they don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit to draw people in. This is one of the reasons why our youth group and so many people will come to our youth group expecting like, wow, they probably have all these lights and all these instruments. And no, we actually don't even have a drum set. We have a piano. We have a guitar. One guitar is not even plugged in. It's in just an acoustic guitar. And then we have a cajon. That's all we have. And we have two rinky-dink uh, microphones that I don't know how long they've been there for. Um, we're obviously going to upgrade that. But we don't even have our own room. We share the room with, with the children's ministry. But guess what? We have grown every year. Every six months, we're growing. Right now, we're up to 50, 55 young students that are coming in. By the end of the year, we're believing for 100, so we know we're going to get there. But what happens is we don't have to draw them in with food. We don't have to draw them in with entertainment. We draw them in with the presence of God. Why? Because that is what people need. The soul needs, their spirit needs the presence of God. Their spirit needs the Holy Spirit. So here's the question then. Do we receive the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus. Yes, we do. Now, do we receive everything that has to do with the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus? Yes, uh, we, we, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins this work of sanctification. What does this mean? A work of, of holiness in us. He begins to take things away and add things to us when we, receive, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is completely different. This happens after we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so first we have to be born again. So I know so many people, they say the following, they say, well, no, you don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's just something that weird, crazy people believe. This is what the Bible says in Acts, in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 8, chapter 8, verse 12. It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached good news, now he was preaching the gospel. It says, when he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. So they believed and they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon believed himself. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed. He was amazed. So what happens? There's great miracles and signs that happen. Now, 
this is what the Bible says in verse 14. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem, so they were somewhere else, at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. So Peter and John went to Philip in Samaria, who came down, and check this out. It says, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for they had not yet for, for he had not yet, who is he, the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received who? The Holy Spirit. So it was after they laid hands on him, they received the Holy Spirit. They had believed in Jesus. They had been baptized, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. Now in Acts chapter 19, it says the following, this is Paul, and it says, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to uh, Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive? He asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. These people had already believed. These people had been baptized. These people had already believed. And they said, no. We haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul had laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So what happened? They received the Holy Spirit after they had believed. After they had believed. So, do you receive everything that has to do with the Holy Spirit automatically? No, you receive the Holy Spirit, but then comes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In part two, we're going to talk about this. We're going to make a difference. We're going to see the function of the Holy Spirit in three parts. Before we're a Christian, when we receive Christ, and after we've received Christ. So we're going to talk about this in part two. But for now, I want to focus on this. So Paul asks the question, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we haven't even heard. These are people that had already believed in Jesus. They had already believed in Jesus. So... If the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit was necessary for the primitive church, the church in Acts, it is something that is also necessary for us. This is why you see such a huge difference between the church in Acts and the church in 2022. So when the pandemic hit, you had so many churches that closed down. Why? Because they were driven by fear, not by the Holy Spirit. You had churches that were copying whatever the big churches are doing. We're going to do that. Uh, and to this day, you have churches that don't look to the Holy Spirit for guidance. They look to the big churches, the big ministries. We want to be popular like them. We want to we, we have people like them. Therefore, we must do the same thing. This is what happens, and this is a problem. When you start doing things according to human standards, you're going to grow frustrated because the church of Jesus Christ was established through the Holy Spirit. See, the church became came into function, came into existence after the baptism in the Holy Spirit, after the Holy Spirit descended. I don't think I'm going to get through all of this, so I'm going to have to leave like part two for another day, but we're talking about the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and four things that happen when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
So I don't even think I'll get to part one. But I want to I, I, I wanna describe this to you this way. It's one thing to say, this is how I would describe the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is one thing to say the boat is in the water. It's another thing to say the water is in the boat. See, the boat can be in the water, but whoever's driving that boat, whoever's manning that boat still has control. It's not until the water overtakes the boat that the boat no longer has control. It is the water that has control. It is the same thing with the Holy Spirit. You can receive the Holy Spirit. He can be do, begin to do something beautiful in you. But it's not until you have this encounter, this baptism in the Holy Spirit that everything begins to change in your life, in your ministry, everywhere. So I remember when uh, 2022 came along, um, what did we do? We were faced with a, with a decision. What do we do? Do we do what everybody else is doing or do we do what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do? So what did we do? We did what the Holy Spirit was telling us to do. We took out all of our speakers every single Sunday morning. We would set up. We would have worship. The cars would drive in. And then on Wednesdays, we yeah, we broke the law um, a, a little bit. Um, we would separate everybody kind of, but we were inside. We would still have uh, uh, Bible studies. We would still have worship. We would still find a way to worship God. And then I heard a pastor say this. And this is where I was like, something's wrong with these people. He said, um, this pandemic has come to change the way we do church because our grandchildren may never go to an actual, actual building to worship Jesus. They'll probably just worship behind a screen. That's probably one of the weakest statements I've ever heard. And this is why you find so many churches that are weak. You go into the churches and you come out just the same. I have had conversations with people that know Bible, that know scripture, but they are some of the most negative people. They are some of the weakest people. They are some of the most bitter people because they solely only for them. It's it's uh, I, I know it. So let's get through I get it. But it's only scripture. Nothing else. See, the church was born on the day of Pentecost. So what I'm going to say is going to rattle so many people up. The church was born on the day of Pentecost. Therefore, the church should always be guided by the Holy Spirit. The church should be grounded and rooted in the word of God, but you should be guided and directed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not move where there's an agenda, where there's a schedule of, Five minutes. Okay, countdown. Now you got to start. Now you got to give up that mic. Oh, it's a second song. Okay. So, for example, I'm a musician. I love music. Sequences and tracks have come to put everything in the box. But you can't live like that. You have to give room for, for the Holy Spirit to move. We do tracks. We do sequences. We do a mixture of both. But there is a moment in our... For example, this past Sunday, some of you guys are like, I'll never go to that church. And that's fine. We don't want weak people. So this past Sunday, <laughs> this past Sunday, our church service starts at 11. Do you know what time we got out of here? We get out at, was it 3 or 3.30? No, it was longer than that. I remember it was like 2.20 and we were still on stage. Okay, 2.20, 2, 2.30, between 2.30 and, and 3 o'clock. That's what time we got out. It's a four-hour service. And then on top of that, people stayed around and still lingered around. What happened? I'll tell you exactly what happened. What happened in that service is something that churches in America and other parts of the world 
have never experienced because they are too worried about a schedule. I've been to churches 45 minutes long. What are you supposed to do? 45 minutes. People don't even pray and read scripture at home. They come here to receive something for them. Grace, I hope you come visit one day. It would be great. So what happened here on Sunday morning is something that hasn't happened in churches and other churches in years. There was deliverance. There was salvation. There was a move of the spirit. And no, we're not talking about a chaotic move, something that's out of order where people are jumping around, running around. Now at the end, because we're human, we love Jesus. The youth group, you know, we ended up with a, a song and the youth, they got a little crazy. They jumped up and down and they kind of, you know, they had a fun in the presence of God. But I want to explain this. When you give way to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will move. We had some songs prepared. They went on ministering in open worship. People came to the front. People came to the altar. They were worshiping Jesus. They were receiving healing. Nobody had to pray for them. Nobody had to say, hey, come up to the front now if you want healing. Hey, let me pray for you. Hey, repeat this prayer. No, it wasn't any of that. People felt to come to the front from the beginning of service. Always say, if anybody wants to come to the front, you're more than welcome to at whatever point in service. It's fine. We had all the youth come to the front. We had just finished youth camp, so they all came to the front. And then as songs went on, people kept coming to the front. There was people on their knees. There was people standing. There was people laying, seeking the Holy Spirit throughout the service. Now, why did service take four hours? Because after the preacher was done, he did altar call. People came to the front. People wanted this encounter with God. And that's what people got. Some people were prayed for. Some people were delivered. But you have to have this. If we're spiritual beings, we need to be ministered. You have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Now, am I afraid that people will never come back? No, because I know that was a move of the Holy Spirit. Because I know this church is not mine. It's not my father's. This church belongs to God. So I have to be obedient and a good steward of how he wants this church to function of how he wants the youth group to work, to function. So back to what I was saying, back to that pandemic. I, I, I can't ever get away from that subject. But it was it, on the first day of this pandemic that churches closed and all that, we received threats, credible threats. There was a, 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 a police officer, I believe, who called and said, if you guys open the doors to your church, we're taking you to jail. So what did my father do? Hey, if they take me to jail, you're in charge. I said, great. I looked at somebody else. I said, hey, if they take me to jail, you're in charge. They can't take us all to jail. So we just go down the line. What are you going to have? 200 people, 300 people in jail because they decided to have church. Then we're going to have church in jail. Wherever we go, we're going to have church because wherever you go, you must bring revival with you. That's one of the things that I, I'm going to open up my heart to you. That's one of the things that is very, very annoying to me is that we're praying for breakthrough. When you live a life in the spirit, everywhere you go, you take breakthrough with you. You take revival with you because it is the Holy Spirit that is active in you. So four things that happen when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll talk about the first one and then we're going to cut it um, because, uh, because of time. The first one is you receive an overwhelming fullness of the Holy Spirit overwhelming fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Bible says in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. It says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, 
as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his innermost being will flow rivers, rivers of living water, not just water, but living water. Now, this he said about the spirit, about who? About the spirit, about the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus was not yet glorified. In other words, he had not died and resurrected. He had not been glorified just yet. So Jesus was still with him. The spirit had not been given. So what happens here? You receive this overwhelming joy, this overwhelming fullness of the Holy Spirit. But he says rivers of living water. What does water do? Water brings life. It awakens something in you. When you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he brings a sense of purpose. He brings a, a, a sense of life to you. The things that were dead are now alive in you. The, the, the dreams that were once dead, now they come alive. Why? Because you have this overwhelming fullness of the Holy Spirit. You, you have this, uh, this balance of emotions. You're, you're no longer this emotional person. We have so many people, especially in the younger generations, that are driven by emotions. I'm sad. I'm mad. And when they're sad, they're mad. They're feeling depressed, whatever it may be. They throw everything out the window. And then they're upset because they threw everything out the window because of whatever they, however they reacted. And it's just a vicious cycle. Why? Because they need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and brings balance to your emotions. The Holy Spirit comes and brings sense of purpose. So many people don't even know why they're living. They don't. What am I going to study? What am I going to do? Where am I going to work? I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else. The kingdom of God and, and his righteousness and everything else will be added on. Then the Bible also says rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I don't have to keep asking, what am I going to do with my life? What am I focus on God? Seek the Holy Spirit. Seek the kingdom of God and everything else will be added on. You don't have to worry about nothing. I have to raise $10,000 by November because in November we're doing uh, crusades of healings and miracles and we have to pay for those crusades. We have to give the food baskets. We have to give the little soccer balls to the kids and all of these other things. I have to pay for hotels or Airbnbs, whatever we're going to do. And, and I have to pay for flights and all that good stuff. How am I going to do it? I don't know. But you know what I am doing? I am praying. I am seeking the kingdom of God. I know that the heart of God is in the lost souls. Therefore, I know God's going to provide. I don't have to worry about these things because I know that provision is on its way. Because where God guides, he will also provide. You have to always remember that. So when you seek the purposes of God in your life, you have nothing to worry about. When you seek Jesus, when you seek the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be confused about anything because he brings purpose, because he brings balance. Above all, he brings power and he brings boldness for you to preach the word of God. So I want to finish up uh, this next time very quickly. I know today's is a little short, but if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you say, you know what? I want to be a child of God. I've only believed in God, but I want to receive him. I want this baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, today I receive your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins. Please come and wash me clean. Write my name in the book of life. 
And the day that I pass from this earth, I want to wake up and be received by you in the heavens. Thank you. I repent of my sins. I love you in Jesus name. Amen. If you've repeated that prayer, if you've said that prayer for the first time, I want you to send me a message. I want to pray for you directly, and I want to give you some material as well to help you in your spiritual walk. So uh, before we close out, I want to let you know there's a few ways that you can give. Um, it's in Spanish, so Google Translate, it's fine. You'll be all right. So ways to give. Uh, if you want to give by Cash App or Venmo, you can do so at um, uh, emgive. Um, cash app dollar sign em give or venmo em give if you want to give um, with your debit card or credit card or uh, bank account you can do so at eduardo minjivar it's on there on the screen so you can see it dot churchcenter.com also if you would like to give through paypal you can scan that qr code or if you're super updated and have bitcoin you can also do that through bitcoin just scan that qr code there so please keep me in prayer for um november um hey steph it's so good to see you i'm i'm still here going going at it so uh keep me in prayer for november we're going to be preaching there for a month ministering praying for the sick laying hands on the sick um we believe we're going to see some miracles. We are going to literally go into the darkest parts of Brazil and preach there. So we're going to be there for a whole month. So we're raising $10,000. We believe the Lord's going to, going to surprise us. So um, if the Lord puts in your heart to give, thank you. Um, if the Lord puts in your heart to only pray, thank you. So please keep me in your prayer. And we believe that uh, we're going to have so much, uh, so many testimonies after November. So also, please pray that I make it back for Thanksgiving. I love turkey. I love eating then taking a nap and then waking up and eating again. So thank you so much. I'll see you guys next week.